Welcome back inside the CKDJ studios right here for Wrestling With Ideas. Of course, I am the music man, Colin Scully, alongside me, the man with no excuses, Jonathan Skews. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Well, I mean, yeah, let me tell you something, brother. Hulk Hogan on Raw Monday night. Just jumping right into it. That's all I want to talk about from Raw. How nice does Hogan look in that ring? He looks very good, but, 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 joining us via Skype, the Hulk Hogan of Ottawa, or of Gatineau, I should say Gatineau, uh, broadcasting, I should say, broadcasting, joining us on the line via Gatineau, Matty J, how's it going, man? Why would you compare me to Hulk Hogan? Well, I mean, he wins, he wins matches, he wins lawsuits, why wouldn't you want to be compared to Hulk Hogan? Backstage, his backstage dealings would lead you otherwise, but let's not, you know. I didn't, I didn't say politician, Matty. I didn't say politician. In ring, I guess I'll take it, but this this is, uh, oh boy, I'm not going to look good in OSW eyes in 15 years if we're going that way. I think we've got your general opinion of uh, Hulk Hogan on Raw, but what's your general opinion, dare I say, of the Green Ranger wrestling? Oh, oh boy. boy! Oh, you should not have. You you should not have started me on this. I will preface this. This as as I said before, we went on air. This isn't going on radio, so drop line it all out. Drop the bombs. You know, this is gonna get me in so much deep shit. It's not even funny. Um, we uh. We have a saying, I host another podcast called the Ranger Recap, and we have a saying when it comes to Mr. Jason David Frank, Jesus Christ, Tommy Oliver. The guy is about as over as Hulk Hogan. And as a politician, he is Hulk Hogan. I'd believe it. I mean, I, re- I remember his UFC stint, but I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to let you UFC talk. stint. Didn't he, didn't he had an MMA stint. He- Oh, I'm sorry. MMA is what I meant. I get the two mixed up because I'm just a wrestling mark. That's fair enough. I will say this. If he's willing to take the bumps and actually do do the training, fair play to him. But if he's just doing this because he's the Green Ranger and he wants just one that one last gasp of popularity before people forget about him again, fog him. Yeah. Now, how far would you want to see him get? If you're, if you're, uh, if you're, if you're, uh, let me, let me, let me breathe here. If you're, if your convention isn't Power Morphicon and he's like the one Ranger guest, he has to be the one Ranger guest. There are horror stories I could tell you that I'm actually not allowed to repeat in public. I've been sworn to secrecy, but he's as bad as Hogan. He's been sworn to secrecy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm glad I got your opinion on that. Scully, what are we talking about with our old pal Matty J today? So I, we, we previewed Wrestle Kingdom 13 last week on the first episode of 2019, but there are a lot of things to talk about, not necessarily just about Wrestle Kingdom 13, but things coming out of Wrestle Kingdom 13. So Matty. Yo! Let's do a recap of Wrestle Kingdom 13 if you are down. I mean, I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, um, so 10 matches, including the pre show match. 
which yep. was a new one. That was I, I actually liked the pre-show match. We'll go through every one of them. All titles changed hands. They pulled the Survivor Series 2002. Yeah, I, I, I totally was looking for something to reference <laughs> to, and you just found it. Like, I've been telling the tip of my tongue all week. Well, that's what it is. I mean, how, how long do we have when it comes to Because we have a ton of stuff to talk about here. Yeah. I mean, generally, I could tell you my two top matches were yeah. the two top match. Well, actually, three. Two of them were the two top matches, the main event, which... Our, our fellow Canadian Kenny Omega did not survive with it was with championship in tow as you alluded to and but how about I, his entrance oh I have friends who are hardcore gamers or, or at the very least uh, avid gamers and love the give the video game Undertale yeah I show them them Kenny uh, Kenny's entrance they geeked out hard. Now, if you would have told me that Kenny Omega was doing a video game entrance for Wrestle Kingdom 13, I would have assumed it would have been like Street Fighter or something like that. But you, I, you know, I know last year he tried to do like an Overwatch cosplay last year with the with the the the, the, the Sphinx head that he had. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. the Overwatch characters. So I can't tell you that per se, but. No, I just can't wait till he comes out in uh, overalls, a red shirt, and a red hat, and a mustache. I'm just waiting for that one. <laughs> well, who's Louis? Well, to be fair, he, I believe he dressed as Wario in that uh, Mario Kart thing he did, oh, in, they did in Japan that one but time. Of course. Who? But uh, speaking of the Elite and Russell Kingdom 13, which I can't believe I just got distracted, but hey, it's video games, pal. There you go. Loss. And I'm just going to say this once, Ingernable de Japon, they won them all, pal. They won them all. They swept. Um, and also, it's Los Ingobernables de Japon. Thank you. And trust me, it, it took me a fair few months to get that down. So you're not alone in that. Yeah, no. <laughs> so we will go through each match on the card here because we have time. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so in the pre-show match, we had the most violent players and Risuke Taguchi winning the gauntlet match to determine the never open weight six-man tag number one contender. Now, I will say this. In 2019, I am a huge fan of Toru Yano being the number one contender for a title. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair... It, it's 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 Toriano. Yeah. Those who have not seen Toriano do not know what to expect with Toriano, and that's a good thing. Very true, John. How? Uh, what are your experiences with Toriano? Well, this I mean, match, this match <laughs> is my experience, and from a guy who was coming into Russell Kingdom thirteen, not knowing what was going on, I was leaning heavy on Suzuki. Yeah, and but I wasn't disappointed by the end result. Definitely not. Now, I do believe that, yeah, okay, so, of course, that match was scheduled at New Year Dash, which Bullet Club retained the, yep. the championships. Up next, on the first match on the main card, we had Will Ospreay defeating Kota Ibushi to win the Never Openweight Championship. Now, it wasn't... And nice. I'm, not, I'm not afraid to say it, boys. Kota Ibushi got knocked the fuck out. Oh, absolutely. Legitimately, he has a concussion. Oh, 
It was, and it was weird because I see I picture Will Ospreay and him knocking a guy out, and it's not an elbow that does it. For me, it's always like he jumped off of something that he shouldn't have jumped off of, and the other guy caught it wrong. But you're telling me that he knocked a guy out and it was just an elbow? Any Anyone in mixed martial arts can tell you a, a, a well-landed elbow to the back of the head will knock you out. Well, I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of any offense from Will Ospreay, but how about this match other than the botch? I mean, other than the botch, it, it was a great match. I, I, I heard a lot of people had a... Had uh, some uh, some uh, grief with Will Ospreay and his his uh, quote unquote style. I'm like, but you know what? That's part of the package. And if nothing else, the finish proved that hey, he's got a mean streak. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Sh- what would a heel Will Ospreay be like? Heel Interesting. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> I imagine a heel Seth Rollins. Scully's got it in the bag. But yeah. Just while we're on the topic of Will Ospreay, my significant other and I were sitting down with this pay-per-view, and she asked me which one Will Ospreay was, and I'm like, <laughs> can you guess? And she said, is he the guy with the United Nations on his ring gear? <laughs> yeah. Well, she wasn't wrong. <laughs> Will Ospreay yep. gets around, folks. Yeah. Up next, we had Los Ingobernables de Japón, represented by Bushi and Shingo Tagaki. Yeah, Shinjo. How do you, Matty help. help us? Shingo Takage. If, Thank you. And if, even I don't get it um, half the time. Hey, that was closer than I got it. So <laughs> defeating Suzuki Goon, repe- uh, represented by Ishidabu Kanemaru and El Desperado, and Rapongi 3K to win the Junior Heavyweight Tag Championships. You weren't even gonna try this spell, show and yo, weren't you? <laughs> Well, I mean, everybody knows who Rapongi 3K is. The only reason that I said uh, the names for Los Ingobernables and Suzuki Goon were because, like, they have more than two people. They have all of the people, and they know how to beat you up. Yeah. It was a six. It was. It was just under. It ran just under seven minutes. Um, for what it was, I liked it. I mean, I, this is something we, uh, I discussed with uh, T-Dub uh, last Friday when we were, view, were viewing it, uh, uh, the, the show ourselves for our podcast. Something we noticed with pretty much all the junior matches, they got shortchanged in time. Yeah, I'm seeing this uh, right in front of me. You're, you're not wrong with that one. They, they did get shortchanged. Now, I don't know. I thought the juniors were more than just the backbone of New Japan Pro Wrestling. No. No? No. They're 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 barely the backbone. If uh, that. Anytime I've ever at one point at, at one, one point, point they, they had one of the strongest junior heavyweight slash cruiserweight uh, divisions. divisions. I mean, mean Liger's, a, Jushin Thunder Liger's a good example of that. Yeah, but but uh, nowadays, nowadays, obviously, with the Young Bucks obviously gone, or they've, they've gone, gone the heavyweight before going going out, but you get the idea I'm trying to get. get they have a bare bones uh, division now, and uh, as you're about to to, to see, uh, they just uh, yeah they lost another guy, or about to lose another guy. Yeah, Zack Saber Jr. accompanied to the ring by Takamichi Noku defeated Tomohiro Ishii for the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship. Now Zack Saber Jr. is the title holder for 
not one, but two major championships in RevPro. He is, of course, now the British Heavyweight Championship champion. And then he is one half of the British Tag Champions alongside John's boy, Minoru Suzuki. Can't say I blame you. It's Minoru Suzuki. How about Taka Minchinoku, though? Zack Sabre time. He's been putting that over since last year. I mean, it's Taka. How much else can he say in English? Um, yes. <laughs> all, all I'm thinking about is every time that Michael Cole has botched a move on commentary and he pronounces that it was a Minchinoku driver. No, Michael, that was not a Minchinoku driver. That was a blue thunder bomb. You failed. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if he said that in, a, in, in one of the video games. <laughs> How, oh, that should no be- OCD person alive would touch that video, video game. No. Los Ingobernables de Japón, Sonata and Evil this time, defeated the Gorillas of Destiny with Bad Luck Fale and the Young Bucks. By the way, a little pattern that uh, we noticed, I'm pretty sure you guys noticed, everyone in the elite took the fall. For example, Young Bucks took the fall in this one. In a match that they didn't even have to take the fall. No, they didn't have to, but they, they did the honors, so to speak. The elite took the fall in their pre-show match, too. Uh, yeah, the first uh, yeah. they were first eliminated, as a matter of yeah. fact. Well, um, the, the fact of the matter is, Los Ingernables, hey, hey, look at the gold on them. <laughs> it's like they all got rolex watches but they go around their waist and they don't tell time <laughs> juice robinson defeated cody for the iwgp united states championship now here's a question that i have for the both of you guys now that cody is confirmed to be out of new japan for the time <laughs> being where Obviously. does juice robinson go with the universal or the universal championship, the United States championship. Whoa, universal championship. Whoa, not Juice Robinson. Hell no. To be fair, he's a more present champion than Brock Lesnar, but now, that's not saying much. We, yeah, but in my mind, the title's still vacant. Universal or IWGP US title? Oh, oh, Universal, because Juice Robinson's been All champ right. before. He's <laughs> champ now. He's taken that belt. I don't know how far he got before. I think he lost it to Cody. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we're going to see some shenanigans maybe from, uh, you know what, maybe Jay White wants that title or something like that. You know? Oh, Jay White wants the, wants the big gold belt around Tanahashi's waist. We'll get to that. But oh. uh, as far as Juice, um. I, you know, Beretta seems to be stepping up for right now. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what, how to answer this one. Chucky e. T, maybe. Chucky e. T. Chucky e. T's been getting a heel edge uh, as of late in New Japan, which I, you know, I haven't seen Ch- Chucky e. T since uh, first seeing him in Chikara. I, um, I don't know. Maybe Chucky e. T would be a good answer. What about, what about, hear me out, mm-hmm. this is on the tip of my tongue here, we have Juice Robinson, and he's having an absolute banger of a match with, uh, oh, of course I just dropped his name, so, of course, now I look like an idiot, 
which I hope we post-prod this out until I figure out his name. Juice Robinson. Oh, who's that British guy? Oh, oh. Yeah. And he's in New... He also wrestles for New Japan. Oh, Jesus. He's of a, he, he does a lot of... Uh, oh, crap. You're either thinking of Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., or Davey Boy Smith Jr. That's exactly who I was thinking of. Davey, Davey Boy, Boy Smith he's Jr. He's Canadian. Yeah. He's technically, yeah, technically he's Canadian, but... They've already had a and, Japanese guy and, hold the American title. And he's also been signed to a long-term deal with MLW. What about Jeff Cobb? Ooh, Ooh. there you go. That, I like what that. What about Jeff the backup, Cobb? The yeah. backup pick is a lot better than the main pick here. Jeff Cobb versus Juice Robinson in a feud for that U.S. title. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say yes, please. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know Scully's already <laughs> nodding in agreement. And it's totally not because it's totally not because I'm a huge Jeff Cobb mark. Um, anyways, moving on, we had Taiji Ishimori defeating Kushida for the Junior Heavyweight Championship of the IWGP. Now, this is rumored to be Kushida's last big um, New Japan match, as he himself has sort of played with the rumors of him going to WWE. Well, he, he he announced it uh, through the pre the same press conference that uh, uh, for the Wrestle Kingdom 13, he was he announced his uh, his uh, at the very least he's leaving New Japan. He's letting his uh, contract run out. Um, I mean, the needle seems to be pointing towards WWE when it comes to Kushida, which. I mean, why not? But at the same time, it's like, ooh, okay, what do we do now? Yeah. I know he's got, like, one last big match before he, his contract runs out. He wants it against uh, Tanahashi. But we'll see where that goes. Yeah, now, the one thing that I... The one... not I don't want to call it a problem that I have. But the one, like, big thing that I can see being a problem is what happens if Kushida ends up just like Hideo Itami. Where they send him to NXT, because Kushida is not going straight to the main roster. No, They send no. him to NXT, and then he ends up fucking up his shoulder like Itami did, and then that screws up the rest of his career. Because I can guarantee you one thing, and that is, if Hideo Itami had never had that shoulder injury, he would have had a long run as NXT champion. To be fair, that's a lot of bad luck when it comes to uh, Hideo Itami right there. Uh, just bad luck and bad circumstances with Kushida. I mean, the right move is just put him on NXT for a while, which is yeah. to be fair. That's what they did with Itami as well. Shin too. Shinsuke. Yeah. Shinsuke as well. So uh, a good idea is to put it, put him on TV, put him on NXT TV. My question to you guys, who do you think his first opponent might be? In NXT, and is it a pay-per-view opponent? Takeover, but yeah. Okay, so it's like, uh. I think like his first takeover opponent would be one of the NXT, nah, not I'm not going to say homebred stars, but recently captured and brainwashed into like, NXT, like, like Adam Cole. I was going to say, um, I'm a huge fan. I don't know where, like, like I've, I've started noticing him, like, couple of weeks ago is uh, Dominic Djakovic. Donovan Djakovic. Yeah, that would be, that's a good first opponent. Uh... Cause he came through the, he had a run in 
NXT mm-hmm. before as Donovan Dijak. Yeah. Then they sent him out. He worked the Indies for a little while. Then he came back to the Performance Center. He went through like six name changes. And now we've got Dominic Dijakovic. Or Dominic Dijakovic, I think is how they pronounce it. I can't remember. Um, but the thing is with him is he's got kind of like a... Like, if Test were like a better in-ring worker... <laughs> that's Those are the vibes that I'm getting off of Dijakovic. All right, all right. He's kind of got he's got the same frame to him, kind of the same body type, if you will. Uh, I'm not gonna disagree with that. I am not familiar with this guy's work yet. Yeah, he will yet. grow on me, I'm sure. Yeah. Speaking of growing on me, Jay White's really starting to grow on me. <laughs> he defeated Kazuchika Okada. Now, here's something that I have. Here's a problem that I have with this match. It, did, it was a little Kazuchika, green? Kazuchika, it, it, well, other than the fact that it was a little draining, um, <laughs> Kazuchika yeah. Okada hit his finisher or attempted to hit his finisher like five or six times. All of those five or six times, Jay White kicks out. Yeah. Jay White hits his finisher once, he wins the match. They've been, been putting over a Blade Runner quite a lot as a lethal finisher, to be fair. fair. Uh, the, especially in the last year, they, that's, that's what they've been doing. So, as jarring as it is to me for me to see it, oh God, that's like especially for us getting me should someone should have kicked out at least the first Blade Runner. But at the same time, I could see the reasoning why uh, on the booking. And honestly, Jay Lethal, Jay, well, I'm about to call him Lethal for God's sakes, but Jay White, Jay White is a hot heel right now. Yeah. Yes. You, you want to keep, keep them, them as hot, hot as possible. possible. Very true. Now, here's a question that I have for both of you guys. Let's say when he comes back, I, th- I believe he came back from an excursion around... Last, last year, year, his first big match was Wrestle Kingdom 13. Was the last Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, but not at... Was it at... It was at Wrestle Kingdom because he was the same triple main event as last Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, but I don't think... Was he Switchblade at that point? He was Switchblade, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, what it was, he had uh, debuted, I think, at the end of World Tag League, if I remember correctly. Okay. He uh, de- he and he debuted. They did the tour and everything else. His yeah. first huge pay-per-view match was against Hiroshi Tanahashi last year. Right. Now, let's say when he comes back from Excursion, Jay White does not bring up the Switchblade gimmick. At this point in time, in 2019, do you think Jay White is as over as he... Like, at this point, if he doesn't have the Switchblade gimmick, would he be as over as if he did? <sighs> I have to say no, because even even with the, the heel fire that he's gone over the last year, he's a great heel, and he's still growing into that heel character. I don't think it's weird. I don't think he'd have like as much of an edge with the Switchblade character. I think they just put the, the character and gimmick on him or he just brought up because he needed some kind of character other than Jay White's back and he's heel. I don't think it would have worked as well or has it been over as well, per, per se. So I have to say no. Yeah. But he, you could tell that he's... While he's still slightly uncomfortable, and you know, John, you, uh, you said it on our on our Facebook conversation. 
he was green <laughs> and he still is kind of because again, it's his first year as like a, like a full fledged character. So yeah, yeah there's green. He's still, still slightly uncomfortable, I think, but he, you could tell he loves being the heel. Yeah. Now we also have to take into account that he's only 26. He's yeah. still got a lot of room to grow. He's not, I, he's not even hitting his prime yet. No, I can, I w- Mark my words here. This is I. I am going to go on record as saying, in the next, uh, I'm going to extend it a little bit just because NJPW don't have like weekly TV to be able to develop their feuds. I'm going to say within two and a half to three years, Jay White will be the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. You know it's funny. Cell Monsters calling this year for for some gold. Really. Yeah, in his predictions, he's predicting that Jay White will end the year, will have ended the year with at least one run with the IWGP title. Interesting. Now, Very I don't see it myself because that, that's a lot of trust to put in in, in someone I give who's him, still growing. Yeah, I give him another run with either the U.S. title or the Intercontinental title before... Like, give him a bit of a longer run with it. Maybe, like, a six-month, six-nine-month run kind of thing. Yeah. And then maybe... I'd say, you know, I'd say at least the Intercontinental title. Because U.S. title, eh. Intercontinental title, which is still the number two belt in the company. It's like their 1B belt. I'd see that. And speaking of the Intercontinental title, we had Tetsuya Naito defeating Chris Jericho in a no-DQ match for the IWGP Intercontinental title. Gentlemen, I will, I will, I will sum up my, uh, my thoughts into one thought that table bump. Oof. Yeah. Oh, that was a rough looking table bump, but no, my opinions on this match is fuck Nido. <laughs> really? I'm a huge Jericho fan. He brought me to new Japan. So obviously <laughs> I'm going to not be happy when he loses. Great match. Fuck Nido. Uh, <laughs> Kendo sticks? Really? Kendo sticks? That's isn't that more to of a fair, WWE to thing? To be fair, Jericho brought them into the match. You oh, know yeah. the rule. He he yeah. brought them in, but I was still questioning Jericho. I'm like, come on, Chris, you're better than this. You look at these funky looking chairs. And at some point, he did. He threw like four chairs into the ring. I don't know what it is, but about like the Japanese weapons, shall we say? Yeah. They seem a lot like less forgiving than the WWE oh, ones, if that makes any ladies sense. Ladies and gentlemen, the table of Japan is legendary for not selling a bump. Who's stiffer, Brock Lesnar they, or a oh, Japanese table? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, the, the, the Japanese tables are nothing to be trifled with. I mean, we'll mention a particular bump in the in the main event there, but... Typically, it's very hard to take a bump on a Japan uh, on an ungimmicked Japanese table, and obviously that table was not gimmicked. And of course, the bump that we're talking about happened in the match between Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Kenny Omega, of course, accompanied to the ring by the Young Bucks for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Now, this match by far the longest, clocking in at just under forty minutes, but. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing that I've learned about the IWGP Heavyweight Championship is that the matches for said championship generally don't go much shorter than half an hour. 
generally speaking, if it's a title match, it goes about half an hour guaranteed or your money back. Well, not kidding. It's not guaranteed to get your money back, but it's it's one of those uh, – it's the fighting spirit style that they have. Like yeah. they, they show – the longer the match goes, the longer they show like that they're – their passion, the, the, the passion and the, the will to not die. Yeah, that's true. And uh, that particular table bump, uh, Kenny set up the thing, tried to bump, but then uh, Hiroshi decided, hey, I'm going to do a frog splash, a high five flow from the turnbuckle to him. And of course, Kenny moves. And it's at the moment he knew Tanahashi screwed up. <laughs> That'll be, I'll figure out a way to edit that in at some point. I'll overlay that as we're talking here. Now, we had the return of Don Callis and Kevin Kelly Ugh. to the booth. Don. Ugh. Really? I'd like Ugh. to hear your thoughts on that. I like Don Callis' podcast with Lance Storm. It's entertaining. But anytime yeah. you bring up Chris Jericho, there's one thing he oh the lord yeah is the way that don Callis just kisses jericho's ass it's the and i'm a huge jericho fan and if jericho were in the room i'd kiss his ass but never on the <laughs> level of freaking don Callis. go back go back to being but, a jackal man but, stop it that's not that's not brown nosing that's full-on chomping on a on a cigar yeah <laughs> if you know what i mean yeah, chomping on the old uh, brooklyn brawler cigar Ladies and gentlemen, to quote to quote one of, my, one of my comedy influences, George Carlin, well, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Well, yeah, well, sometimes it's a big brown dick. Uh. He was sucking Jericho's Johnson Throughout in that match. Full on. Whole icy match. <laughs> match. Scully, why did you why did you want to talk about Don Callis and Kevin Kelly or Kelly Kevin. And why well, did I give people that, that, that amount of nightmare fuel? Well, just because, like, I believe it was last Wrestle Kingdom that Access... I think it was... Did Access do Wrestle Kingdom 12? Uh, Access does a, uh, I believe, a, a, a version of it, an aired special version okay. of uh, but they've Kingdom. used they've used jo- uh, Jim Ross and Josh Barnett yes. as English commentators on uh, Up New until Japan the World. WWE side Jim Ross. Yeah, again. Yeah. Um, now, the reason that I bring them up is that I'm happy that Don Callis and Kevin Kelly are back in the booth compared to Jim Ross and Josh Barnett. Because don't get me wrong, I love Jim Ross. I love his podcasts. But he has lost his touch, unfortunately. I will say this. Uh, the pairing that he had with uh, Kevin Ke- that uh, Jim Ross and Kevin Kelly in the last U.S. show they did was actually decent. Yeah. I think Kevin Kelly and Jim Ross work well together. I think if Ross wasn't heading to WWE, that would be the pairing I would put together. Oh yeah, easy. Put Chris Charlton on translation and story like they did in the in the in the commentary booth at Wrestling Kingdom and New Year Dash. That's a perfect trio right there. Yeah. I don't. I like Chris Charlton the way that he kind of like when he's not translating. He um, he's a good third guy. He's, he's a, a good, good third, third guy. guy. He's, he's kind of like, like the Mike Tenay if you're uh, for you the WCW fans. He imparts so much knowledge, and he, he, yes, he translates to what happens in the video, but he tells you the story of the press conference and anything else. He is the story guy. He tells you, okay, what did they say? What happened? Yeah. Um, now on to, of course, 
before we talk about what I was just about to mention, we do have to mention now that Cody Rhodes, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson have departed the company to form All Elite Wrestling. Now, it was just, I believe it was um, the 8th. It was yesterday. Yeah, It, it was, was yesterday, yeah. yeah. The All Elite Wrestling Double or Nothing Rally took place at TIAA Bank Field, where they introduced talents that were going to perform as part of the promotion and as a working relationship with Oriental Wrestling Entertainment out of China. Coincidentally, though, WWE's SmackDown Live took place hours after at the Jacksonville Veterans Memorial Arena, where apparently, John, a number of, a number of fans were actually turned away at the gate for wearing all elite wrestling merchandise. Scully, Matty... This is just DX invades WCW all over again. And I thought they did that last year in Ontario, California. No, what this was, it's it's Vince and company panicking. Yeah. They're not like, they're not worried. Well, not panicking, they panicking. Know. But this was obviously a knee-jerk decision, which was reversed later. The, 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 the crew, the, the, the crowd control said, okay, you can come in now. Yeah, but no, yeah. I think this is Vince. He doesn't know what to think because he doesn't because it's like the XFL to him. It, it's sink or swim. It's super early. So he doesn't want to like be that guy who shuts them down if they're going to shut down on their own accord and Vince buys them out and laughs all the way to the bank. But if it if it doesn't and it ends up being his rival company in, let's say, three to five years. I don't think it'll take that long. Well, no, I, I'm just being no, optimistic here. We're being generous and conservative, yeah. c- considering all of, all the all the the press pre- precedents and everything else. I think it's fair to say three to five years as a as like a conservative number, but I don't think people are jumping in on that hype a little too hard. I think the panic move is because Chris Jericho signed yes. with AEW, yeah. which is not. Which is not a shocker because it's been rumored forever. But at the same time, when Judas hit at the end at the end of that rally, people were hyped, people were happy, and then Jericho got removed from the website. He's not in the alumni section. He's not even on the opening. He's on, he's been removed from the opening. Like if you watch Raw, he's not on the opening. Next day, he's it's Cesaro. Yeah. Is Cesaro going to be the new Chris Jericho? Will he get a light-up jacket and 10 icy runs? Oh, Lord. Well, 10 icy runs. Mate. Well, he's on SmackDown. It's the U.S. title. But well, you know what, man? If, if it gives more love to Cesaro, I do not care. Now, here's the thing. Would you do a Chris Jericho list gimmick with Cesaro, but instead of whatever he says, you just made the list, he keeps his mouth guard in? Like he cuts all of his promos with his mouth guard still in. They'll be like, "You just made the list." No, 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 no. If you if you're gonna keep it that way, do it in five languages. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that. Dude. Oh man. Well, uh, <laughs> That's a heavy throwback. Jeez. There you go. <laughs> five languages. Oh man. Yep. Now, it might be worth mentioning a couple of the other big names that signed with All Elite Wrestling. Of course, we're talking about SCU, SoCal Uncensored, all three members. Which is not a surprise. They were rumored, and now it's official. Yep. Hank uh, and Page, though, he signed at the same time they did uh, that. Yep. Joey Janela. Um, 
The other big get, I think you you you, you two gentlemen will agree with me on this. Pac. Yeah. The former Neville. Honestly, I, I, I was smiling from ear to ear going, oh, he didn't go to Ring of Honor, which is surprising. But AEW, which by the way, Hangman Page versus Pac. Yes, I, I did not know. Never in my life have I, have I seen something I did not think I would want so much. Yeah. I mean, I now that I see, I kind of mind, I kind of wouldn't mind seeing Joey Janela versus Pac. There, yeah, there's a few matches in there that, that could, yes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, you know, from what I've read, it was either extreme optimism or a little underwhelmed. And I'm like, keep in mind, a lot of this, the announcements they made in that uh, press, in that Riley press conference gimmick was leaked like months, like weeks ago. Oh, like yeah. this, this was not old news, but, and this is something I mulled over on the way home, uh, on the way uh, back home from work between you and me and in the audience, obviously, would you, would, if you had much, much more, would you spill all of the beans in one go? No, no. Slow drip. Slow drip. Feed. They got to make it to May 25th in, in Vegas, and they got a lot to do, do to do before then. Could you imagine, picture this, they were, they announced their roster-ish thing for Las Vegas, and then all of a sudden they have like a 20-man Royal Rumble match that you didn't hear about, and all 20 men in that match are just people that they haven't announced have signed yet. And then you're just sitting there watching this like, oh my god, what? You'd have to announce them first, obviously. Well, no, but you'd be like, we're going to have, we're going to broadcast. Like, there's 20 people in the ring for the match, but 10 of them, you don't know who they are, and they're signed to contracts. So you get, like, that, uh, oh, my God, I can't believe he signed entrance. Kind of like AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I could see that, but it'd have to be individual entrances, obviously. Yeah, absolutely, it'd have to be like a Royal Rumble type entrance dealy. I yeah. think, I think, you know, well, obviously, it can't be the in legal in legally oh, disturbed yeah. distinct term to be a a a, a delayed entry battle royal. <laughs> a sit and watch an entrance battle royale as we as we as we rock paper scissors in the back to see who goes out next because we can't draw numbers one to 30 because that's copyrighted yeah <laughs> as they play smash in the back to see who comes out last yeah, yeah. actually that would be a hell of a way to, to to plug it i mean if they if they do eventually sign kenny omega that there you go absolutely <laughs> But uh, somebody else I thought was interesting that was signed to AEW MJF. is a guy who I'm a mark for, as Scully just said, MJF. I mean, I don't want to say that this this company needs jobbers, but unfortunately, looking at everybody on the list, I think MJF oh, is going to be... Oh, fuck off, MJF. No, 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 no. I, this I have a funny just feeling getting started in this business. <laughs> the guy's like, the guy, he's not that old either. No, I don't think he's, he's, uh, he's 20... probably just as old as you, John. Unless Kurt Hawkins signs to AEW, I think looking at the list right now, he's maybe one of the bottom five that is going to be getting the for a push. If somebody like Kurt Hawkins signs with AEW, they're going to fucking push him to the moon. Like they, yeah, did, with, like they did with Christian in TNA, like in, the, in like 2006. Cage. 
this guy is an obvious mid-card heel from the start. And he's a corny heel. Yeah. But The Miz was also a jobber in the beginning. And MJF is still very much in the beginning of his career. Yeah. Yeah, but and he's that's got a, why it just screams great, at me. But he's got a good upside. They did they did a good thing by signing him. Oh, absolutely. I'm I hope he gets pushed, but I'm just like trying to brace myself for if he doesn't and he just it, the worst should unfold. I'm going to not cry, hopefully. But he's also going to be at C4 on January 25th in the Fatal 4-Way match, I believe. Well, here's hmm. another thing that we can talk about. That match is no longer, I'm assuming so, no longer a fatal four-way, as there was a car accident involving four uh, indie wrestlers yeah. coming out of Buffalo. Oh, it was coming back I... from the FLQ Cold Wars show. The four guys, Kevin Blackwood, Daniel Garcia, who was in that four-way match, Kevin Blackwood, Daniel Garcia, Kevin Bennett, and Puff? I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Daniel Garcia, unfortunately, was one of the two guys, the other being Kevin Blackwood, that got the worst of that car accident and required surgery. So as far as I know, I haven't heard otherwise uh, that fatal four way has become a triple threat for the time being, unless of course C4 management find a replacement. Kobe Durst. He's already in a match. I think. Yeah. You can switch. The card is subject to change Scully. It's still real to me. I could dream. Damn it. Yeah. Now another well, match. Well, Jarrus had asterisk. That is very true. They just announced another match that I'm really excited for. Uh, Tyson Dukes versus Eli Everfly. Yo. Ooh. Yes. And and I am Here, gonna try. Here's a guy. guy by the way, here's, here's a guy, guy AEW should, should sign. sign. Eli, Eli Everfly. Yes. Yeah. I I full intend to start a you pinned Miz chant, whatever during Eli's match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, he guy, did. Yeah, he pinned yeah. the Miz. Like he, he did. did. You pinned Miz. You pinned Miz. Now he he he, he can forever brag that in kayfabe he has pinned a former WWE heavyweight champion of the world. Oh, absolutely, and I ex- I anticipate that promo at C4. Now, nah. No, he might not cut said promo, but should he do? Oh, I'm losing it. Yeah. <laughs> now we are no gonna have to. We are going to have to wrap things up in a couple minutes here. Um, just before, there's one one last thing that I want to talk about. Of course, about The Miz. Um, the Miz and Shane McMahon earned a title shot against The Bar last night on SmackDown. I don't know if you can see my face right now, guys. But you can see how excited I am for this match. I, I believe the expression is, this is my surprised face. He's a McMahon. He makes the matches. Why wouldn't he be in the match if that is his so-called tag team? He's a McMahon. It's what McMahons do. Do you even watch wrestling, Scully? Yeah, do you I not watch- know what a McMahon does? <laughs> I watch wrestling, but I thought they said there was going to be a new era. A new era that was for the fans, uh, by the fans. Scully, How the off. fuck is Shane McMahon the number one contender for the SmackDown tag titles by the fans, for the fans? Scully, it's as Cultaholic always says, new era, same old shit. Where's Ross Twiddell when you need him, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the end is nigh. The end is nigh. Fucking run away. The end is high. Nigh, nigh. <laughs> but no, like, I, I'm not surprised 
I thought they would have, like, who else would they have had at the Rumble? A debuting Heavy Machinery? How come Heavy Machinery gets a tag team opportunity straight out of the gate? I'm looking at this. I'm saying it's either the New Day, which, what's up with the Usos storyline right now? What's up with that? What, the Usos, how Jimmy Uso and Naomi How and Mandy, Mandy Rose, Rose is, like, forcing herself upon Jimmy or Jay Uso, and it's quite obvious that it's just going to bite Mandy Rose in the ass. Maddie, do you know I what I'm talking about? Yeah, the, to be fair, number one, that is a gorgeous ass. Yes. Number two, honestly, I think they're just trying to build a match between Mandy Rose and Naomi because... They have nothing to do otherwise. I mean, I don't know what's going on there. Something, something, total divas, something, something. I'm not watching this garbage. If this was the 90s and Mandy Rose came out in a towel, the Dudley boys would have gotten Spike Dudley to take the towel. Like, but no, this is a (laughs) women's revolution and Mandy Rose could just walk out in a towel and escape unharmed. Like. You know, as there are some aspects. As <laughs> long as uh, as long as the Dudley boys don't powerbomb Mandy Rose through a table. They could powerbomb Mandy Rose through a table. She could take it. I think most women would, would, would say, hey, this, this is equal. I'll take that table bump. But uh, here's that one thing about inter- intergender matches. The corporations do not like that. Especially not Sorry. the corporation. <laughs> Well, if you're talking about Mattel, that would yes, but I'm uh, talking about a company whose last recent intergender, intergender, yeah, intergender, intergender match was James Ellsworth versus Becky Lynch, and that's before Becky Lynch started calling herself the man. Oh, and now it's so sad in my head, please. Good question. But with that, we do have to bring things to an end here on Wrestling With Ideas, episode 133. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, we'll